Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode of our Quran journey where we explore and reflect on the sacred verses of the Holy Quran through Quran tagging, Quran journaling and tadabur. As we are not trained and qualified asatizas, we do not do our own tafsir of the verses that we have selected. Our discussions are aided by tafsir resources such as books and videos. The glorious Quran are words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The core message of the Quran is strict monotheism, the oneness of God. The Quran contains themes such as purifying one's ego, guidance for social and moral behavior, polishing the heart and awaken the soul as well as many others. The Quran also contains real life stories which includes brokenness and healing, oppression and justice, overcoming difficulties etc. This week, our discussion focuses on learning the Quran. But before we begin the conversation, Farah will present her selected verse and set the foundation for this week's discussion. Over to you, Farah. Okay, thanks, Sharaf. So this week, um, focusing on Surah Al-Qamar, which was revealed five years before the Prophet ﷺ, Hijrah to Makkah. Uh, the Surah is named after its opening verse, referring to the miraculous splitting of the moon. This Surah warned the disbelievers of Makkah of their stubbornness against the many invitations of our Prophet The surah then narrates the stories of Prophet Noah, Hud, Saleh, and Lut and asks if anyone would be reminded and take heed. The verse we are focusing on today is verse 17. And this particular verse has been mentioned after uh, each mention of punishment, like basically after the stories of all the, uh, the prophets and something to be learned. And the verse goes... And we have certainly made the Quran easy for remembrance. So is there anyone who will remember? And the Quran has been made easy so that you can take it properly. But it doesn't mean that you don't need knowledge to understand it. Uh, of course, that's why we put in effort to learn, uh, to read it, to listen to lectures of Tafir, read it with Hadith. And at the end of it, uh, it goes back to uh, our reason for learning the Quran, uh, which is to take its advice and prepare for tomorrow. And when I say tomorrow, I mean um, Akhirat. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it also goes back to like your intention, uh, which is what I mentioned um, uh, at the last part, which is to take its advice and, and prepare for tomorrow. And also, we must remember that we're doing it for Allah so that He will make it easy for us. And personally, I think my journey with the Quran is... Um, it's very long, of course, um, but it didn't start out. It didn't start out well. Like I think, uh, when I was small, I didn't really learn it, or rather, really learn to le- read it. I did ngaji with uh, my grandparents, and I stopped halfway. I did. I went to classes and I stopped halfway, and there was never really an emphasis for me to complete it. And I now realize the importance of doing it. But thankfully, there are friends like you guys. Oh, who will push me to attend Friday classes to do <laughs> ngaji? Even though sometimes I have to say that it's really, really hard for me to just even though on, even though it's on Zoom, just on the computer and just sit down and recite with Ustaza. And I have to say we have the most patient Ustaza. If Ustaza is ever listening, we love you, Ustaza. We love you. <laughs> we love you too, Ustaza. And thanks to her, I think I can like slowly slowly read now. And I think with the Quran, um, you can't 
not you can lah. I I wouldn't recommend like just you know stopping for a while and learning it, stopping for a while and learning it. Because I find that it doesn't do um doesn't do you good because you tend to forget about it. And um I I came across uh, one story on Instagram um from Asma Nasaruddin and she says that. She says that um, waiting to be inspired is unrealistic because, you know, sometimes we just lose our inspiration to to pick up the Quran and lose our motivation. And I I find that I'm inclined to agree with her because uh, for the longest time, I did want to pick it up. But because there were Friday lessons that forced me to pick it up. So I find the consistency helped me. And that um, <clears throat> there are just some days where I don't feel like so excited to to learn about it but um, she says that at the end of the day uh, you will never regret taking 15 to 30 minutes of your day for the Quran and I tend to agree with that because even after, like I said before even if you read like just one verse of the Quran it makes you feel so happy because um, you you did something that you know increased your uh, pahala and you did something to help with your akhirat and all that so yeah that's my experience with the Quran and like I I I'm reading this book currently. It's called Exploring the Quran. I I just opened it for today's session. It's, yeah, and I, I got it from Warda. It says that like to learn the Quran, it doesn't only stop at learning to read it, and then um learning to understand it through tafsir. When you like go through lectures and then you read or you read like tafsir books, it doesn't stop there. You should continue onwards to understanding uh, Arabic also because. Um, I think Arabic is a very, um, I have no word for it, a versatile language because they have, like one word can have like, I don't know, different spelling and the different spelling have different meanings and then in order not to misunderstand the Quran also, you, it's best if you like learn the root language of it. Lah. So like um, at the beginning of this book, it says that there are some people who who misinterpret Uh, misinterpret the verse in the Quran and one of it the most famous um, verse that was being misinterpreted was the squat verse where it says um, which is oh, sorry it's Surah 9 and verse 5 then when the sacred months are drawn away slay the polities wherever you find them and take them and confine them and lie in wait for them at every place of ambush but if they repent and form the prayer and pay the alms then let them go their way God is all forgiving all compassionate So like, you tend to also like mistranslate and not understand that that uh that verse. So yeah, it's recommended to also take up some Arabic to understand better so that you don't misinterpret things. If you want to learn Arabic, I think recently there was this like Baina program called a Dream Program where Ustaz Tuman will teach uh all the different parts of Arabic, and uh, I really wanted to join, but it's. <laughs> It's 10 days straight for like 10.30pm to 12.30pm. I don't think I can tahan that time, but may Allah make it easy for me next time. Yeah, that's all. Thank you, Farah, for sharing. I mean, learning the Quran is actually seeking knowledge. And in Islam, seeking knowledge is highly encouraged. Uh, the virtues of seeking, acquiring and spreading knowledge uh, has been mentioned in the Quran as well as Hadith. So while it is important for us to continuously learn, we must set the right intention, which is to benefit ourselves and others. And the knowledge that we acquire paves the way for us to achieve our fullest potential and unveils our true purpose in this world.
So while it is important for us to seek knowledge, uh, I think it is also equally important for us to acquire the knowledge from those with the proper ilm. Uh, so there are teachers who, who are there to guide us um, so that we don't make our own interpretation of uh, the, 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 the knowledge that we want to gain. So for example, like even like the tafsir of some, you know, of the Quran and all that, we shouldn't just learn it ourselves, but also to learn from the knowledgeable. Personally, for me, I started learning the Quran, I think at about the age of six or seven, you know, with the our old school Guru Ngaji, with, uh, you know, with the rotan and all that. Um, I mean, while I enjoy le enjoyed learning how to I mean, reciting the Quran, but actually I just couldn't relate to the message in the Quran because I just don't understand Arabic. So, um, you know, our old Quran don't, didn't provide uh, the translations, right? So it was just really purely reciting the Quran. And I think for a fact that because my my teacher was a very strict lady, so yeah, I think it took the joy out of learning. But then I think, you know, I I think as an adult, I realized that like what's really the point of knowing how to read the Quran but not being able to read it well? Um, you know, I don't know Tajweed and all that. So, I mean, Alhamdulillah, you know, I've Ayn, uh, am invited us to learn with her Tajweed. So now, you know, we are learning. You know, So I decided to start from scratch. Despite knowing how to read, I, I wanted to learn from scratch and relearn my basics. So which actually brings me to this question. What was everyone's earliest exposure to the Quran and how was it like? Um, perhaps maybe we can hear from Mirta. What was you know what was your earliest memory of um, learning the Quran? Okay, my uh, first memory of Agabla, I, I would say, is my parents would send me to madrasa on weekends, but uh, it wasn't consistent because sometimes we have like. Uh, orang kahwin, then we will skip the skip the the class that kind of thing. Other than that, my mom also taught me the mukadam, mm. and I think it was only up till primary school. After that, I lost interest. I think my mom also gave up on me, <laughs> and and we stopped there. And there, yeah. When approaching uh, my thirties, right, I start thinking about. Uh, akhirat lah, right? Because in our twenties, we are all like, oh, must must get a good job, must study, must must do all those dunya things lah. So when we approach the our thirties, I wanted to go back to the path lah, I guess. And it was uh, it was hard to study on my own. I feel. Like there was no motivation or and I'm like the kind that is very introverted. <laughs> so I need some my I need friends around me to guide me along. So yeah lah when uh Ayin invited us to the class then uh, Alhamdulillah lah, uh, uh slowly getting there to <laughs> reading the Quran. Yeah. Do you find any difference in your learning journey uh, with the Quran compared to when you were uh, when you were a child? Yeah, there's a big difference now. As in now, uh, we want to learn, whereas whereas when we were younger, it was kind of like we we were forced to learn. Like we don't even understand what is shorga for, what is what is our purpose in life, that kind of thing. But now, as we grow older and we know more about our religion then 
it makes more meaning lah to learn the Quran. Yeah. Hmm. I I I agree with you because now that we uh I think because now we are more keen to learn, so we somehow put in more effort and it's not about being forced by our parents to go ngaji or to go for madrasah that kind of thing. You know, because we keep mentioning Ain's name. So, Ain. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> learning the Quran as a child or even, you know, whether there's any difference, um, you know, your your journey uh, as an adult uh, compared to, you know, your younger days. Uh, oh, last time I fantastic. I enjoy Nasheed all. During uh, Madrasah. Mashallah. <laughs> eh, I won, okay? Second prize, third prize or something. <laughs> Okay, but then obviously, uh, that is short-lived lah. Uh, because I youngest daughter, right? So, like very manja. My my mom, and, I mean my my parents don't really force it on me lah to study. So, obviously, I, we, I dropped out lah. <laughs> oh, halfway in madrasah. And then, uh, I think, um, yes, uh, as I grow older lah. So, same like Merita. When I hit 30s, it's like, eh, time to focus on akhirat lah. So, I I I struggle a lot. Like, um, I don't know whether you have this problem as me. Like, I think I'm dyslexic when it comes to reading Quran. <laughs> like, all the... It looks all so foreign to me. So, when uh, I, I did try, like, different like styles of uh, learning Quran. So they, I joined the usual Ikra, uh, the using the Ikra book, then it doesn't work for me because I still find it difficult. Then I struggled about a year. Then after that, I really like got fed up because I couldn't um, even read and like know the letters. Then uh, thankfully, like uh, I was invited by my friend who, who's, who has a, a relative who, who did teaching uh, special needs students. So, shout out to Farah for teaching me uh, patiently. So, she used this Tilawati book. So, Tilawati was so much better. Yeah, so, uh, then, but then, uh, obviously, uh, because our conflicting schedules, we didn't manage to continue. Lah. But then, uh, I realized that there are other teach uh, learning styles so i stumbled upon apa eh uh, this al baghdadi style this is malaysian style so what they do is uh, it's more of a kinesthetic learner style so they engage uh, auditory uh, they, they they make it very interactive so it works for me and then uh, it took so much shorter time for me to learn the 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 the, the the, the Arabic letters, the Quranic Arabic letters. So I think being persistent in in finding, how say ah, in finding your learning style ah, because it's not easy. And like what Merita said and Raf said about you know, if your ustaza is very fierce, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, will it will deter you from learning lah. So I think it's finding someone who. It's so understanding of your learning ability and making sure that, you know, you just uh, consistently doing a bit by bit that can keep you on the right track. Yeah, so I think as much as I want to remember right, and memorize, uh, yeah, like with everyone else, I'm still struggling to read. 
So I hope that uh, you guys learn about other learning styles. Uh. I mean, there's not only one way of learning. Yeah, so I think it's about like finding your your preference. Don't give up. We can do this. <laughs> Actually, funny that you mentioned about the learning styles because as we were discussing, right, I, I realized that it's re it really boils down to the individual learning style. Uh, how, you know, how much information you can retain, right? Yeah. It's really about, you know, your learning style. So I guess for, for us, the reason why we why we can learn better is because we are, I guess we are really kinesthetic learners. Yeah. So that's why we, we could really, uh, you know, gain, you know, we could really benefit from from the knowledge taught by uh, by our, our Ustazah. So I think the lucky thing about a lot of, um, I, I think this generation especially, um, is that we are exposed to all sorts of uh, teaching styles, teaching methods. So like for us, uh, what Nadi Quran is teaching us is... Uh, the Al-Baghdadi styles. And then we have, I think for the kids, you have the little Quran kids. Uh, Farah send, sends her son there. Uh, I, if I'm not wrong, they also does kinesthetic learning also to yeah, uh, memorize the Quran. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Like in the past, it's really just road memorizing, road memorization. Uh, yeah. road learning. And caning, and caning. <laughs> <laughs> As a parent, Farah, do you think it really helps the, you know, having this kind of learning style for your, for your child? I think it does actually, and also like I find that nowadays the the like you say like they cater to different learning styles, and also I find that the curriculum is so much better because like dulu we just learn to okay this is the, the risk of sounding cliche. Dulu we always learn you know like we will go to neraka if we do such and such and such and such, but now we learn macam we teach the kids to macam love the religion first mm. and foremost. And then we, and then we talk about the, you know, the punishments. Because I find that like, maybe dulu it worked because, um, the fear motivation is strong. But I think now kids they, they learn better when they understand it. So uh, they also in school they also try to teach uh more about religion. And I find also that on top of sending Arif to school, what matters most also is that. The parents also have to be um, involved in the teaching of the kids, lah. Because you can send him for two hours a week, and then he doesn't practice it for the rest of the week. He just probably will forget, ah. Yeah, I think it's really it's really a good start. I mean, he will learn how to try to recognize letters. It's not like straight up ngaji straight away, mm. but it's it's a start, lah. Yeah, that's great, lah. That um, I think. That there's more exposure to other learning styles. Yeah. How about not your you know how was your experience like with the Quran or your you know your earliest exposure? Uh okay, so my parents did like try to teach me at home and went to Madrasa. As usual, like you all mentioned, we learn by Ikra and it's all by memorization. So there was no understanding. And then I get an Ustaza who <laughs> calls the ghost stupid and say that we are lazy when we don't know how to read. So I actually skipped the PSLE part because I don't know how to read the Quran. And, and my, oh no. not helping that not helping that my mom actually encouraged me to skip, you know. To just, uh, never mind, you don't need to go for the PSLE because you don't know how to read the Quran. Uh, I met a ex-colleague of mine who, I don't know, she somehow spurred me on to go and learn the Quran but it was so hard to find a uh, Ustazah 
So, uh, and then I managed to find Ustazah, but that was also like, it wasn't very long because uh, I started with Ikra, but it was still by memorization. So every time I went for the class, it like uh, sometimes one hour wait because there's a lot of people in the class and you have to wait for your turn. So in the end, uh, I stopped that. Then my, my dad suggested that I go for for Arabic classes because he said that if you learn Arabic, it's easier for you to read the Quran, which is actually true because you realize that actually the Quran, the Arabic letters are like English. You have your vowels, you have your consonants. And because what I cannot understand is how do you combine the words together? So when I went for my... I went up to level 4, I think, but I gave up halfway lah because it got too hard and also because I wasn't disciplined. Yeah, so uh, the actually the, the basic class and the after the level after that was actually very useful to actually start reading the Quran. Then I found a religious teacher through one uh, ngaji, guru ngaji through one of my friends. And uh, she was like, oh, you, if you know how to read Arabic, you don't need to go through Ikra. So I just started on the Quran. So yeah, I think that was helpful. Like um, I mentioned, uh, it's like we we have different ways of learning. And for me is that I think my dad was right because what I need to is to understand. And when I see that, oh, it's actually like English. It's, it's just let, uh, alphabets and vowels. Yeah, that's how I figured out, oh, actually the connection is that one. Uh, it's easy. La. It's only the tajwid bit, which I still need to work on. Because I usually when the ustazah ask me, I'm a bit like... Um, I, I don't make, I feel like I don't make the effort to go and remember or, you know, really learn it. Although she does go through it, but I don't store it in my memory, which is bad. And especially now, since ever since COVID, I actually haven't been going. Uh, and I think I, I've, I've cut on the Quran, but the Tajwid bit, I really need to work on. Uh. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, I find for me, right, I, prior to our current, uh, our current lessons, a few years ago, I was also only from my family ustas. Um, but back then, I realized it was harder for me to to grasp the knowledge. I I'm not sure whether is it because I had no there was no motivation for me because it was on a Sunday morning. It was too early. I had to get up. You know, learning starts at eleven. I have to get up very early to you know to go to class. I was sleepy and all that. But I also think maybe I didn't have the right intention then to study. It's really you know yeah I didn't set my intention. So I find that it was tougher for me then as compared to now yeah mm. so actually right i want to share that actually i found this tafsir in the study quran for this particular verse um you know it said that allah gave us access to this to his revelation through the quran and then the quran is made easy to remember as a mercy to human beings and the recitation is made easy for the tongue while the understanding and memorization are made easy for the mind and heart i think if we if we think about it right each time, you know, if we if we listen to Quranic recitations, right, uh, you know, repetitively, you tend to actually memorize the the verse, um, like without even making an effort to. Okay, I was not making an effort by you no know, by not even reading it, you can actually memorize it, which is actually I I find it very amazing that you know um, Allah has made it possible for us to to remember all this, and I think it's also because. Um, of the Quran's structure, you know, uh, uh, this thing that I found out is called, you know, the ring structure because the Quran's um, arrangement is such that um, the that is um, that the entire surah is actually symmetrical. So it's easier for people to uh, to memorize, you know, and also from listening to it, 
to memorize it as well. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, what what do you think may be holding a person back from learning the Quran? I open this question to the floor. I think the self-doubt. Self-doubt. Because they say, like, for me, right, at that point of time, like, because the rest of the class is made up of macik-macik, uh, uh, <laughs> aunties above 40s, uh, that kind. But they had experience, so they just wanted to just, like, brush up, right? So, like, I keep doubting myself. Like, I want to start also, I scared I am wrong. I don't know, I mean, it's just the, the, the doubt, heavy doubt, lah, that, like, yeah, my cat agrees with me. So, like, you know, I always doubt whether I'm doing even the right thing. I lama, betul-betul lah, this kitchen. Okay, sorry. As I was saying, oh yeah, self-doubt. And then I realized that this not only occurs to me, but when I joined the Nadi class, right, so there were uh, a few classmates of ours who, who really struggled also. But then we were being so nice to her. But then I realized that, eh, I shouldn't self-doubt myself as well. Because because people are so nice and understanding to let, you know, uh, let me have a try to make sure that, you know, I'm participating in the class as well. So, I think it's, it's overcoming the, the, the thought that I'm, you are doing a mistake. I think uh, what most people feel is that they are shy. Like, am I too old to be learning the Quran? Because that's what I felt. And then when I attended one of the classes that I had to wait very long, uh, they were like, like I said, they were machi-machis and all. And when you hear them read, you're like, oh, okay. Actually, you know, some of them just started the reading the Quran. So you feel, you feel like, okay, actually, you're not so, not comparing, but you know, it makes you feel like, okay, I, I still got time, lah, you know. So if people at 60, 70 just starting to learn the Quran, you shouldn't be shy about it. Yeah. Hmm. So it sounds like, Actually, our ego is also part of the reason mm. that is holding us back in learning the Quran because we always feel that we are not good enough or, you know, we already know but we, you know, we are too too proud to learn again, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean there are a lot of factors that's holding us back but I, but I think what's important is that we um, we overcome these barriers to allow to enable us to to gain knowledge and in this case uh, learning the Quran yeah um, how do you think we can foster the love of learning the Quran to the future generation I mean earlier we talked about the different um, the different learning methods right and you know how how we are more exposed to the different teaching styles and all that yeah so I mean adding on to that do you have any you know any thoughts on this uh, maybe we can hear from Farah I can speak for everyone else, um, but personally, I feel like it starts at home and at a very early age. Uh, we have to start, uh, I, if I'm not wrong, I read somewhere that um, start even when your child is in the womb. So, I mean, we are talking about like starting from young, right, from the, uh, for the next generation, right? So, I, I'm not sure if it's a hadith or just a story because I didn't quite catch it when I read it. But there was this woman who went to a scholar and said, how do I uh, bring up my child uh, the right way la, to, to learn, to love Islam? And she was already very heavily pregnant. And the scholar said that she's already uh, nine, nine months too late. So it has to start from when the child is 
Um, yeah, first conceive lah. So you know you have your um sunnah prayers before you yeah. try but and then yeah. and then yeah lah. There there are different um surahs for you to. There's different recommended surahs for you to read mm-hmm. for each trimesters and then um also because it's 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 good to to um let the baby listen to. Uh, Quran very early on, and then when they are out, uh, that's a different story because um they have their own personalities, and then you uh, their attention span also is not very mm. long, so uh, it's a challenge lah. So I think the best is to start with yourself, uh, mm. and then lead by example. Yes, thanks Farah. Um, how about Meta? I think like Farah say, start start them young because children they mm. absorb things faster when they are young so when you teach them about Allah and uh, the religion they would bound to carry maybe not all but some of it to their adult life and that's when uh, inshallah they will try to find out more lah when when they are ready I mean mm. yeah I, th- I mean children's brains are like sponges right they easily absorb new knowledge so Yeah, I mean, the younger, the better. But of course, it's always never too late to start. At any, I mean, at any time. But some of us don't, may not have the the privilege to start younger, uh, that kind of thing. But worry not. You can start, you know, you can start whenever you're ready and all that. How about Nat? I think it's important to make it interesting. Because like from uh, all our sharing, it's like what <laughs> we, we went through last time is you get a very... Um, fierce uh, teacher and then like you are being forced not forced to learn it's by memorizing you know and we are, most of us are all kinesthetic learners so we want to learn by um, not through the like memorization uh, uh, we want to learn by understanding so yeah I think it's important to find a teacher who who makes it uh, enjoyable for the future generation to learn and I think now they're moving towards that I think because from what uh, Farah mentioned, like, uh, she sends Arif to Little Quran Kids, right? And it's quite interactive. So yeah, yeah. Even my nephews when they went to learn with um my cousin's aunt, they they learn for very short period. Like I, mean, I think about ten minutes. Their attention span is very short. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So learning has to be tailored according to um each. I mean the, the individual or the group's uh, needs lah. Uh, Mita, your your kids are attending madrasah, right? Mm, it's a two-hour class on weekends on Saturdays. Ah, okay. Andalus. How is their learning yeah. like? Like like for you, do do you do you find that they? I mean, it's different from the time that you uh, studied back then. I'm not sure lah because their class is a nursery class and when I started it was uh, it mm. was already in primary school so similar to like normal schools right primary and primary and kindergarten mm. have different learning styles one is like one is like uh, follow the books <laughs> then the mm. other one is true play learning true play so similar to like I I believe mm. Andalus is also the same yeah Currently, they are learning mm. through interactive, uh, interactive games and uh, even watching <laughs> Oma and Hana in class. Yeah, which they enjoy. I must commend them for their Andalus for their home-based learning session. It was quite good lah compared to you know their my first school. 
<laughs> home based learning yeah it was much better yeah i would say okay, yeah thank you marisa yeah so uh lastly how about ain uh for adult learners don't stop learning <laughs> uh i think uh if if i mean even if you are you don't have a your own family to start with i think uh just uh, just do your research because i think uh with the pkp and the lockdown right i, I think a lot of uh resources shared by malaysian based uh, ustaza and asatizas like uh reading quran uh slowly with tajwid and everything for free so i think um it's a matter of niat and go and find out uh what works for you so uh now with their pkp extended right uh they have increasing eh, there are more quran tadabbur uh quran lessons and all the reading on quran for free yeah i think i, I think it's very helpful and the community uh online has been very supportive like uh it's gone global because i've seen like people from thailand and indonesia joining in the session uh to to learn how to read from basics so i think uh just search on facebook uh, and find out a channel and find a channel that suits your 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 personality lah yeah hmm. i think i mean if you even if you're scared to 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 go to a class now i think you can still you can still you can still find resources online yeah yeah there's a lot of resources online these days i i think it's also made possible because of covid yeah. so everyone's scrambling to just put up their resources online and then recently i think i shared with you girls i was blown away by the ustaz from johor teaching Fadu Ain in Mandarin. He, I mean, he's Malay and he taught Fadu Ain in Mandarin. So I was really blown away. I mean, like, because I think in Singapore especially, um, I won't say it's common knowledge, but most times our our satizas are, um, are more, I, I think they are more comfortable in Malay. So I think for a lot of the reverts also, they may, they may miss out on maybe or perhaps some of the, some of, some of the lessons for for certain asatizas because they cannot understand the, the language at all so having all these uh you know all classes that's tailored you know for for their different needs and all that i think it really helps and i think for me also um i feel like what you know how how we can foster the love of learning for of, of the quran for the future generation is really also it starts from from us from it starts at home if we don't inculcate the love for the quran at home then the child you know how can the child you know want to continue le- loving the quran or you know loving learning the quran because i mean if no one practices with the child at home or no one guides the child at home then i guess it's like a semangat lima minute kind of thing lah that you know you just you know you just die off halfway yeah so i think we i mean as as adults also um we have to foster you know we have to i think learn alongside the child as well i mean It, I think it really helps also because I also enjoy learning through kids like programs or even their books. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add, Farah? Mm, I also think that consistency is the key, lah. Right? When when you don't feel like it, just force yourself. Sorry to like um, put it out there, but yeah, sometimes some things need 
to be forced like prayers also like I've seen people ask macam how to consistently do prayers like five times a day it's, it, when, and all the answers are the same force yourself to do it even if it's the hardest thing in the world oh yeah inclined to believe it now hmm. like even five minutes one verse is good enough yes yeah I find that for me also it helps to keep reading reciting the Quran I mean there really is a difference from the time I started reading the Quran till now because I mean we we attend the lessons as well right every Friday so there really is a difference in my recitation I think I am better now compared to back then I mean like what Farsi consistency is the key and of course I think um one more thing I also wanted to add um I think it also helps for the future generation for for you know for all these resources being made Uh, accessible and affordable for them as well because I understand that you know there are some from the from those in the lower you know lower income families who may not be able to access all these resources. So for those who are listening to us and you have you know you own some of these resources, uh, perhaps you can think of ways to also make it accessible for for this you know for this segment of the community. Yes, and yeah. So with that, um, that was a very fruitful discussion. Uh. On learning of the Quran, so yes, don't stop learning the Quran. Just you know, just keep pushing yourself. Just keep inspiring yourself to learn. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Uh, that's all for today's session. If you like our content, please subscribe to our Quran Journey on Spotify, and we are on Instagram as well, same handle, where we share our Quran journaling and mini book reviews. Till our next session, inshallah. Stay safe and take care. Assalamualaikum. 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 Don't stop listening. Bye.